0: All right, this is John Krasinski of Pittsburgh Soccer Now. Uh, with me is Nikki Kolarik. Nikki, uh, it's great uh, to have you here on our forum here, both Pittsburgh um, Sports Live and also for our Sounding Off on Soccer podcast. Uh, first of all, it's uh, just really good to join uh, to, to be able to connect with you today. I know the Pittsburgh, you're, you're still with it. You're still going after it, the <laughs> Pittsburgh Hotspurs. Uh, it's been quite a, a soccer journey for you overall, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Good to, good to hear from you, John, and see you, obviously. Um, I know we've had a long history with just covering soccer together and stuff, and obviously that. But, uh, yeah, it's going good. Turned 30 this year, so getting up there. But, uh, you know, the boys keep pushing me, and the coaches keep pushing me, and it's been a hell of a year. So I'm very excited for uh, seeing what the playoffs have
0: for us. So now I, I, I'm having trouble keeping track because it's, it's, there's actually a history now with the Pittsburgh Hotspur, but maybe if you could just take us back a little bit further. Um, well, let me just, in case people don't know who you are, uh, your, your background in terms of soccer, you played, you know, going back um, in high school, West Allegheny, and then yep. moved on and collegiately St. Francis, correct? Yes, yes. Right and and then you know it was it was just the beginning for you and uh, you were played professionally in a, a bunch of different places but but the Pittsburgh Riverhounds most um for all of us knew you um i think you you played for one
1: or two years with the riverhounds yes two seasons with the hounds 15 and 16 with uh, mark steffens was the head coach and then right. dave Brand was the head coach for the other season so right.
0: and and then of course you've continued your journey uh, at the NPSL level which is where you are now with the Hotspurs uh, and you played some indoor as well yep. so maybe um, you know just talk about your journey and uh, how you got to this point and why you're still playing.
1: Yes yeah, so just growing up obviously like you said went to West Allegheny out by the airport um, played for a club called Century United that we all know and then um, went to St. Francis very small Division One program had a lot of success there under the coach and my teammates and then Ended up playing in a bunch of different places like Michigan and Philadelphia. And then ultimately led to the Riverhounds. Played there two years as I guess you could say, like the hometown kid. Um, then played indoor in St. Louis for a bit. And then the past three or four years. Um, I actually have a full-time job the past couple of years now with my degree and playing MPSL is perfect with that. It fits in great. So I've been playing with the Hotspur for I think three or four years now. And uh, each year we keep getting better. And I mean the reason why i keep playing obviously i love the beautiful game and just i think soccer is growing in pittsburgh every year and i love to see that so as long as i can move and these knees and ankles don't give out on me i think i'll keep playing so
0: well you know we, we're we seeing it with the, the Riverhounds, you know kenny is i think uh 33 34 now and he's just still the maestro in the middle and guys, a couple other guys, you know, Alex Dixon and 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 obviously Dane Kelly, the, the leading scorer, all are, are plus thirty, and and they're they're contributing to a very good team. But yeah, I mean, you could see this program that the, the Hotspurs develop. Th- there was an ambition there to 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 jump in and take advantage of the opportunity to be part of the NPSL, the men's side, and even on the women's side to develop a a higher level uh, senior team. What's it been like to be part of this program really from the ground up.
1: Yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, Tom, the owner of the hotspurs and then the two coaches, Dan Brower and Tom Campbell have done a tremendous job really jumping in on this. I think it helps the club tremendously and gives them an advantage kind of over some other clubs because it gives the youth players kind of a target, I guess to say like that they want to reach. And I think it could help them obviously colleges or even playing at the next level professionally. So I think uh, Hotspurs did a tremendous job in getting this, and hopefully, it just keeps on going, and we keep winning and doing well.
0: Yeah, and so I believe it started, it was founded in 2019. Was the first year, I believe. Yep, the make- year right before yeah. the pandemic. I'm pretty sure. Right, that first year, and there was some. There was a lot of excitement. Uh, the, the thing is that the the Hotspurs, as a as a community, as you know, a youth soccer program from the ground, you know, from U6 or U8 or U10 and up, it, it seems like the entire organization uh, for, you know, boys and girls, men and women, they all kind of get behind each other. So when you go out to a match at Founders Field, there's definitely a community feel to it.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, um, just the home games this year, I know the women's side as well. It, we get quite a, quite a decent amount of fans and, uh, you know, support from the club, the kids and parents as well. So it really is kind of like a fortress force. And it kind of gives you that old, I don't know if like people listening, you know, Sunday league in England or like, you know, lower levels in England, they play on grass pitches and they kind of have the building over there and maybe sell beer or whatever. It, it gives a good hometown feel. And, you know, the fans are always behind us. So we appreciate that. Yeah. And like you said, this,
0: as a team, the men's team has grown, has gotten better, but the one common denominator has been a lot of good local talent, uh, young players. So within the Hotspurs group, there there's an opportunity for the younger players, maybe a 16, 17, and 18 year olds, even if they don't get a lot of playing time, to train with the group. So there's that aspect of it, and then there's the aspect for you know to get the opportunities, um, you know, if they can push themselves into that uh, position, but And then, you know, you've got a lot of really good uh, current collegiate players. Right now, you just look right up and down the roster, and I'm looking at, like, Michael Sullivan from Pitt. I saw Nate Ward on the list. I saw a bunch of guys like that. Um,
1: Just talk about that whole dynamic. Yeah, it's it's actually a really cool dynamic because you have some older local guys like myself and Rami and a couple older guys, and then you have, like you said, the college kids who are from around here, some – go to Robert Morris, Duquesne, and Pitt. They might not be from here, but they play for the local college. And then you have, like you said, Michael Sullivan, who's at Pitt. He's a local kid, Whippeal kid. Nate Ward, Whippeal kid, plays at Indiana. So we have quite a good mix. I mean, mostly all with Pittsburgh ties. Now, we might have our forward, Brian Akongos from England, but he plays at Robert Morris. So local tie there. Everybody has a local tie, and I think that's what really makes the team kind of special and, like, tied in with Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah and 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 Rami, uh Bensasi is a also a kind of a veteran like yeah. right? it seems like you guys are the the seniors of the group aren't you
1: Yeah we're the two over 30 year olds of the team so everybody kind of you know makes fun of us a bit but also looks up to us so we have a good uh, dynamic going there
0: Um all right so last year three matches you played against we I mean you have to look at Cleveland SC as a rival for a number of reasons it's Cleveland right Number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, this is a program, uh, you know, in your in the Rust Belt division. You've got Cleveland, Buffalo, Akron. you got all these, you know, programs, teams, um, you know, that are in this kind of whole Rust Belt region. But it's the last few years it's been Cleveland and Pittsburgh going at it. And this year you finally broke through. You got a win. I think it was both matches were two to one. And now okay. you are going to see them again in the playoffs on Tuesday night.
1: Yeah, So yeah, exactly correct. We played them three times last year and lost all three times, unfortunately. But this year, like you said, we kind of made a breakthrough and we beat them 2-1 at Founders. And then two days later, we played them again at their field in Cleveland and won 2-1. We played them again recently and lost. So we're 2-1 against them on the year. But this playoff game on Tuesday, the 19th, is going to be massive hopefully the boys, we can pull it out. I mean, we had a couple of good training sessions, but it's definitely a rivalry. I mean, you know, Pittsburghers and uh, Cleveland people, I don't think see eye to eye in sports, just, you know, it's football and stuff like that. So it is fun. And I think it's good for, um, you know, just soccer here and there as well. So, yeah.
0: And well, I mean, first couple of matches, maybe talk, talk about those matches, what type of team they are, what type of team the hotspurs are this year. You know, I saw us, I saw one of those matches last year and it was highly competitive. I know they They just have some really good players. So I think it feels it still felt to me like your group was still looking, kind of searching for an identity, especially in these bigger, bigger matches, trying to find yourselves. How do you fight through adversity and playing against a difficult opponent? as a group and getting, as you just all just getting to know each other. Whereas I think Cleveland, they just have a little bit more history, not only together, but as a program.
1: No, you're exactly right. I want to say they've been playing with the same team together for probably like six or seven years now. And they, like you mentioned Rami and me earlier, um, they have guys, their whole starting lineup is pretty much guys, our age, like 28 to 30. So they've all been playing forever. They play a great style. They're hard to play against. Um, but it kind of plays similar style to us, like possession, uh, high press, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting how you said that because last year I don't think we had an identity as a group. And maybe that's why they got the better of us three times. And this year I think we finally, you know, we brought some people back from last year. Um, Coach Brower has us playing a good style this year. And I feel like we're just gelling together. And I think we can get it done. I mean, it shows that we beat them twice out of three games this year already. So. Hopefully on Tuesday it's the same result.
0: So as far as the substitution rule in NPSL, how does that work? Because I know you have such a large you have you have a large roster, and I'm sure you want to play to win. But there's some development things there too. You want you know the guys to play well together, and especially during the regular season. Then get into a playoff game. Um, so maybe walk us through how the rules work in the NPSL.
1: Yeah, so 18 guys make the roster for the game day roster, and then you have six subs – or seven subs, and six can play. So once you get subbed out, there's no re-entry like college. It's like the Riverhounds, except I think the Riverhounds are only allowed three, correct?
0: No, they're actually using five now.
1: Oh, five now. Okay, so and yeah. so
0: have, Plus they have a concussion rule, so if that there would be a concussion, gotcha. actually use an extra um, sub. But, but yeah, so – it seems like it there you're able to use more you're able to use more subs than the traditional FIFA the three sub yes but yeah so but then you have you have six so six of your so six is so you're really one guy is not going to play
1: I mean it's the backup goalie most likely because he's so but yeah so six but college can re-entry so it's a little bit different but yeah so it's I mean it's yeah like the pro level so All right. So,
0: you know, what do you think are the keys for beating Cleveland SC on on
1: Tuesday? Really, I think we got to get back to high pressing them, making sure their ball playing center backs don't have the space to look up and kind of either ping one in behind or just find their midfielders in gaps. They have a a midfielder from Cleveland State. He's German. He's very talented. Keep an eye on him. And then just um, I don't know if you remember last year, they have a forward named Vinny Bell. He's been playing in the league 12 seasons. And I swear he scores almost every game. So just keep an eye on him and then kind of just play our own style. So.
0: So as far as your group goes, are you still kind of shifty in, in terms of the midfield um, doing some different, are you kind of going between midfield a little bit up, up top? I saw that, you know, you were moving around quite a bit in the,
1: in the match I saw you play last year. Yeah. Yeah. So normally either playing like an eight or a 10 or a winger. So basically in the midfield or forward. So either pretty versatile. I feel like that's always been a strength of my, you know, playing career. So.
0: All right. Well, Nikki, thanks, um, you know, for, for talking about the hot spurs. We appreciate that. And um, now at this point, I, I'd like to ask you a few more questions in general about Pittsburgh soccer. Uh just yeah, of the culture, the, the way things are going. Um, you know, you and I had this discussion last year. At one point, we talked about the young players that are coming up, the Robbie Murches. And, and the, really, maybe actually going back to the, the Hotspurs for a second, playing with an organization like the Hotspurs or the, the Riverhounds Academy, those type of things, they really weren't afforded to you as much when you were
1: coming up as a player, right? Yeah, the, the best you could do is probably club or ODP at the time. And I don't even really know if ODP – I think it's still a thing, but I don't think it's as big. Like, the DAs and the academies are kind of taking over everything. And, yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh soccer is just growing tremendously. I'm seeing these kids, like, they're coming out to train with us at Hotspurs. They're 18. You know, they're telling me where they're getting looks at or where they're committed to. And I'm just like, man, you guys are killing it, seriously. Like, I wish I kind of would go back in a time machine and maybe be 17 at this time now in 2022. But, yeah, the game has grown – so much and the players just every year i feel like i see a kid where i'm just honestly like wow this kid's from pittsburgh and he's a play but so so very good so talk about some of the
0: young talent that you've seen um maybe there's some guys that have impressed you or i'm sure it's you you don't want to leave anybody out but at least from your perspective who you've seen um who's really uh who've who've you really had some um opportunity to see play
1: yeah. So um, there's two kids that are three kids that have been training with us pretty like on the regular that are coming up for the hotspurs. Two of them are going to do Kane and I'm not too sure where the other one's going to, but the, Anthony DeFalco, Landon Moby, and then Nate Schlesinger. They're all on that U19, U18 hotspurs team. And they've been training with us all sum- summer long. And they're actually DeFalco's on the roster for this Cleveland game uh, in the playoffs on Tuesday. So he's going to get some minutes and, I mean, they've been killing it with us, gelling very well, very mature for their age as well. So I'm interested to see how they do in college also.
0: Yeah, and in terms of some of the guys that are on the roster, you know, you know, obviously I mentioned earlier um, Michael and, and uh, Nate and guys like that, um, you know, the, the current college, guys that sort of established themselves a little bit in college um, and in WPIL, Um it's really nice to
1: have that, those type of players um, as part of this program, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's a couple – we have a kid who's playing at St. John's this year from Moon mm-hmm. Township named Justin Cope, very good right back. Um, mm-hmm. Another – our left back, Giuseppe Croce, went to Mount Lebo and plays at Duquesne uh brian akungo he's been tremendous for us i think he has like eight goals this year he's our forward plays at rmu another english kid charlie lawrence plays at rmu we have a bunch of young guys maybe like freshmen sophomores in college and they're they're honestly helping us out so much this year without them we wouldn't be where we are so it's it's gonna be awesome to see them in college and see where they how they do this upcoming year too
0: and i i'm thinking i i see brian and i'm believe me, I don't want to put him in this, I mean, I don't want to give him any unfair expectations, but yeah. when you see guys like Brian, you see some of the other players that are coming in for the summer and help, like playing from, from Robert Morris, maybe they're, like you said, they're not from around here, but they're contributing and being, the way that they could stay, you know, in game fitness and and all of that, developmentally, it's really good for them, and I, go, I think back to the, you know, there was that gap between, before um, the Hotspur's you had the Fort Pitt regiment. And I think yeah. last night I'm watching the Pittsburgh Riverhounds playing with Nico Brett against Nico Brett. Nico obviously played <laughs> a couple of years in Pittsburgh too. But he, you know, was doing a preview on the match and, and a little feature on Nico earlier this week. And his numbers are astounding in, in, in the professional ranks, really. He's been so consistent on any full season he's played. He's contributed at least 15, 16, 17 goals almost every season. And, you know, he got to start. Robert Morris, he came from Jamaica, and he had an opportunity to play at the Fort Pitt Regiment in the NPSL. And now he's doing these things. Um, it's, it really is a good opportunity for players like that to, 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 to take their game to another level.
1: Oh, definitely. I, I don't know if you remember. Well, funny story too. Nico Brett and I actually played against each other in college, St. Francis and RMU. And I swear the guy would just score a goal every game. I don't know. Just a goal scoring machine, man. And yeah. good good dude as well. Good guy. But um, yeah, I mean, that's how I eventually got on the Riverhounds. I played a season of PDL for the Michigan Bucks. Right. And back when the Riverhounds had their PDL team, we played right. again. And they saw me, and that's how I got signed for the club. So it's tremendous to develop your game. And also, I think it looks at the higher level to play pro. So,
0: yeah, I remember those Michigan Bucks teams. Uh, I remember because when the Hounds first had a PDL team, I was doing some work for them, doing some like doing the press releases and some of the live okay. stuff. And so, the PDL games, if they were home games, I had to write the recap. So, I, I went to, I Went to those. Games. I remember seeing those games, but you know, that was a short-lived thing for them. Um, I, I think the focus for them with the academy, they they started to really focus in on trying to really spend a lot more time on the academy teams versus the PDL. And I think it kind of worked out that for them. For and, sure, I
1: think so too.
0: Yeah, um, but yeah, those were those. I mean, the Michigan Bucks teams. Those are those are some really good teams you played on. Yeah, that was that was a fun time. That was awesome. Now, did you have an opportunity to play in the Open Cup with them or no? Yes, so we did. It,
1: yeah, we, uh, we won the first round and then we lost to a USL team. I forget who it was back at the time. It was only when the USL had about, I think, but, 10 teams. It was back in like 2013. So, but good experience.
0: Yes. And that's a program that has just, whatever reason, they've had a good, really good tradition. So, but uh, mm-hmm. you played at St. Francis. You're from Pittsburgh. Why the Michigan Bucks? Why did you yeah.
1: No. Long story short, we played a university that year, Oakland University in Michigan, and their coach was the guy who did all the recruiting for the PDL team, the Bucs in the summer. Right. And I played unbelievable that game against them. And he pulled me off after the game. I was like, "Hey, if you want to come up to Michigan this summer, you know, we take care of housing and all that stuff. You have a spot on the team." Went up, and uh, yeah, was a starter. We won the whole PDL championship. It was a great year good decision but yeah i mean i mean i would love the same pittsburgh eventually got back here and played for the river hounds because pittsburgh is obviously such a good place and i love it here so well and and then
0: they gave you that springboard you know sometimes you got to go away yep. to come back and, and have success in in your own um backyard
1: um, exactly
0: so uh, you're following the local scene around here uh the the river hounds obviously we'll talk about them in a second but First of all, the college scene, you know, we, we talked a little bit about Brian and RMU and Jason O'Keefe, the new head coach, but what what have you seen? I don't, I don't know if you had a chance to see any of the um, Robert Morris, Duquesne. Uh, I know, you know, some of the players obviously. And of course, the big story really the last few years has been the emergence of university of Pittsburgh uh, men's and men's and women's teams, but, and where they are. Uh, How do you feel about the, the, the soccer scene here? And, And really Duquesne had a tremendous run last year as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think because back when I was in college, like 2010 to 13 and not to like give any crap to the old coaches or the programs, whatever back then, but all three of the programs now compared to back then it's like night and day. I mean, I remember St. Francis, we would beat up on those three programs pretty bad. And I think we're the smallest school out of those four. And now I look at Duquesne and RMU. I mean, they've taken leaps and, and bounds from where they were They're, just the players they're bringing in, and then the coaching, the coaching staff is phenomenal. And then Pitt is a whole different thing. I mean, Vidovich, what he's doing there is, is honestly, it's, it's crazy to see, and I love it because just growing the game in Pittsburgh, when you have a top five, top ten program like that in the country, and it's cool to play with some of those guys like Mikey Sullivan who's playing for the Hotspurs. I mean, you can really tell that that program has taken huge strides, and I, I hope to go out and see some of the matches this year.
0: For sure, yeah, and this is like so. In terms of if you were being recruited now versus then, I mean, Grant, I'm sure you would never change a thing. I mean, say if you're you're uh, Saint Francis, um, for for life. But uh, you know, I mean, you probably would have made the decision a little harder, wouldn't it?
1: For sure, hundred percent. I think it would have been a little bit different, like you said. Yeah, Saint Francis for life, obviously. But yeah, I think it would have made it harder.
0: All right. So, and then now the Riverhounds, you know, I don't know how much, how much have you watched uh, of them this year? What do you know about them?
1: Yeah. I haven't watched as much as I would like, but I still know, I still follow obviously every year because I played for him and I have a tie there. And then um, I actually almost played for Bob Lilly up in Rochester back in the day. So. All right. That's
0: a story I want to hear. Let's go. Yeah.
1: Let's go. So actually uh, I went up to one of their like training camps. I think it was like in 2013 and he wanted me on the t- like he wanted me on the squad because he liked my versatility and I could play a lot of places and didn't really promise me any playing time or anything. But then the Hounds came along and I was like, you know what? I think it'd be better to be at home around friends and family and play for the local club. So chose that over. But yeah, I know Bob, a uh, very good guy, obviously so much success in the USL and just love seeing him have the success. And I know his style and stuff, it's demanding, but he knows what he's doing, man.
0: Is it? I mean, really? Is it? What was it like to to? Would you go for like a week trial? How did? What, yeah,
1: yep. It was a week trial up in Rochester in like a blizzard in this indoor facility. And uh, Bob, you know, just watched us play for a week, put us through some training sessions, and then we played 11, 11 aside for a lot of it as well. So it was a good time. So then you decided to come to Pittsburgh. So you were you brought on it? You,
0: so you were part of the 2015 team. I can't believe you and I haven't had this discussion in more depth. But um, you were part of that team.
1: Yes, yes, the one where Rob Vincent and Kevin Kerr were just had an unbelievable season. Those two guys, you couldn't keep them off the score sheet. And then that was the same season where um, we beat City Islanders. The book you have, like, was it seven six or yeah. yeah okay. That was the craziest game I've ever been a part of in my life, and nothing will ever beat that. I could not believe what was going on.
0: A Miracle on the Mon, of course. I'm yeah. there, and I'm like, I, I'm trying to come up with a, a headline for my, my story. I was like, that's <laughs> yeah, read the book, everybody. You know that. But um, <laughs> no, I, I that team, you know, obviously, I spent a lot of time, I did a lot of research, um, obviously, following that. And did the long story. I did a long form story after the match because I just thought it was so remarkable. And I'm like, there's something more here. I think I think I could write a book about this and use this as kind of the way to tell the story about the Pittsburgh Riverhounds organization. So so here we go. But I I just want to say, though, being part of that team, Mark Steffens, you know, as you said, Kevin, um, Robbie, Danny Earls, who, you know, I mean, what a group of guys, right? I mean, it was just a very unique clubhouse, I would imagine locker room
1: yeah it was that was it was awesome I mean we had a lot of guys I think we had like 28 on the roster but even like some like those three guys you mentioned are legends to me they taught me a lot just even just watching them in the locker room like how they would carry themselves and on the field like very professional um even like Mike Green, Willie Hunt, Anthony Arena like Staples back then at the club I mean it was a good group um and like like, I always think there's a good group, too. Like, there was a lot of older guys, but also back then I was, like, 21 or two. A lot of young guys, too. I, that was unbelievable year. I loved playing for that club that season especially.
0: And I, I have to say, like, I give so much credit to Bob Lilly and the Hounds now and their organization, and there's just – they're stable. Their finan- financial status is good. They, their team is – the product is really good. But there was something about that season. There's something that I just – they haven't been able to replicate the level of excitement. I don't know if it's maybe because you guys were too porous on the defensive end, but but so so dynamic on the <laughs> offensive I don't know what it is. It's just it's just there was something special about that season. I, I that's or is it just me?
1: No, no, you're exactly right because even whenever we came back in 2016, obviously that was an unfortunate event and not too good. 2015, yeah, it's like All the perfect things fell into place. It was such a good group, and the coaching staff was also good with Josh Reif and Nico. Um, Yeah, it's it's hard to explain, like you say, but everything did fall into place. We ended up playing an MLS team in the Open Cup that year at Highmark, which was monumental, I think, as well. I remember you you would try and get around Highmark. You couldn't even move at that game. It was, like, shoulder to shoulder. But, yeah, that – I don't think they have replicated that. And maybe some of the teams have been better than that team, but just like the excitement and buzz around the 2015 team was something special. It really was.
0: And, and so where, what was, how did you, I mean, I'm, obviously it was a great experience for you and you, you know, you, you had your spot time and, and, and I'm sure breaking through on, I mean, your role, your, the way you play is similar to Robbie and and Kevin. Yep. Similar position. So you, it was, probably breaking through and
1: getting a lot of playing time was probably tougher that year. It was, it was very tough. I remember having a conversation with uh, coach Steffens and him just being like, I mean, it's going to be hard for you to get on the field with Robbie and Kevin, obviously. And he was just like, you know, take this time to learn as much from them and next year come back even better. And yeah, I didn't get on the field too much that year, but the next year I played a lot more. And I think Robbie and Kevin obviously helped me a lot with that. Same with Danny Earls, obviously too. So, Mark,
0: in my book, I talk about what happened in the locker room in the Miracle on the Mon game. Uh, so it's been well documented. But I'm just curious, where were you sitting in that locker room? Uh, I've heard a ball went flying, and almost took uh, took off. Maybe I think it was Stephen
1: Okai maybe or somebody. What's that? I, th- I think it might have been Stephen Okai or somebody. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, the ball literally. I wasn't even really paying attention because I was on the bench for the first half. Right. And I remember going in there and just <laughs> hearing the ball hit off the wall and, like, O'Kai had – Stephen Okai's one of the nicest guys ever. And he yes. had this look on his yes. face. And I remember just being like, oh, wow, yeah, all right, we need to step it up or do something. And then, I mean, I don't think the second half went too well to start. I think they scored a couple goals as well. And then, obviously, we all know the story from there. The last six minutes, I think we got three or four goals or what was it?
0: Yeah, it was three in the last – Really some stoppage from just before yeah, stoppage stop. and then the two in stoppage time.
1: So, so it was yeah.
0: five, five, three. Well, it was four two heading around the eightieth minute, then five three right on the 90th minute when Earl's scored that goal from distance. Yeah. And then and then just two goals in stoppage time, even though they were you guys were down five four after Earl's goal. So yeah, it was crazy. It was just it happened so fast. I couldn't keep up typing. It was just, it was nuts.
1: It was crazy. I'll never forget when Kevo scored that, the winner, and took off his shirt, and we were all chasing him down in the corner. I just couldn't believe. I, I still am speechless, honestly. That that game will never be replicated, I don't think, at any level, seriously. Well,
0: and i the reason why I think, like, that season was so, as you mentioned, there was only a few weeks later, there was the MLS, you know, D.C. United. But then yep. the rivalry with Harrisburg, They returned a favor with a ridiculous comeback at their place. And then you had to play them again at their place at the end of the season with basically a playoff spot on the line.
1: Yeah, to get in the playoff spot. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, um, the week after, two weeks after, like you're saying, we went up there, and I think they beat us with a man down. And Mark Mark was not too happy that day that we – Beat with a man down, so they kind of returned the favor, like you said to us. And then at the end of the year, we beat them to get in the playoffs, and I think we won the the cup as well.
0: That's right. The the first year that they had the Keystone Derby Cup, yes. And, yes. So I mean, you were there from the beginning uh, those years that were you know they had the beginning of that whole um cup series that lasted about four or five years, uh, and then you've seen this club evolve. I mean, just your overall thoughts of you know where they were then when you were there to, to where they are now?
1: Yeah, the Hounds, I mean, I think, I think it's just tremendous seeing how much more they've blown up on the media side. Like even, like I know Mark Madden, you were on his show a couple of times I saw, and he talks about them more. I think it's just like people know them a lot more than back in 2015. And I think the soccer's been incredible. Bob Lilly's been doing an unbelievable job. I think they run the academy tremendously as well. And I think Tuffy is the perfect guy to own that club as well. I mean, I remember he took care of us pretty well when I was on the club in 2015 and 16. I'm sure he's doing the same for those guys now. And he was a great guy. But yeah, I I just love seeing them grow. And I think they'll keep getting bigger as we all know Pittsburgh is a a sports town, so.
0: So yeah, do you think, where do you think this can go? I mean, the next five to 10 years, where do you see this? I mean, I've been proponent of, you know, incremental growth, just keep building it and getting really successful at this level. And I think it's taken them some time and they've built a winning culture now on the field. Now, the business side of it is really where they need to, to you know, maybe take those next steps What we see what's happening, Montour, right out by your, your near where you grew up. I mean, yep. There's this new complex being built. There's these, those are the things that we want to see, I think, that will help towards that incremental growth. But what do you what do you see? What do you envision? And not just the Riverhounds, but Pittsburgh soccer
1: in the next five to 10 years. Cool, next five to 10 years. that That is interesting because I, I'm not too sure I would love to see an MLS team here. I mean, I think that would be the ultimate goal. I don't know if that would happen just with like the stadium dynamic and like the seating and stuff like that. But I think... You would get a, if an MLS club was here, I think you would get the following because one, soccer keeps growing and growing. And I think the, just the sports mentality in Pittsburgh, I think that's kind of what drives a lot of Pittsburgh people. But um, hopefully that would be nice to have something like that. But then again, just the River keeping up, like you said, maybe they get better on the business side. I think they figured it out on the field, um, winning, obviously, making the playoffs. And then just the local clubs, maybe get a couple more academies here maybe even npsl teams grow in the usl one or usl two i think it is and you know just keep on growing the game so
0: and seeing these
1: new programs at different levels i just did an
0: interview with the founder the um who uh the uh president or ceo of the open field international program which okay with the, the the first generation kids that are here in Pittsburgh. They also have connections with Cameroon. But what's interesting is that they were developed, they're developing a program at CCAC, which is like, it doesn't sound like much, but it's another step, another avenue for maybe some players who are not ready to go for four-year school, who still have time to develop their skills. I mean, it seems like there's guys out there who can develop a little bit
1: later, and, and who knows, the sky's the limit. Oh, definitely. No, that's phenomenal. I didn't know that. That's good to hear. I think like you said, anytime there's something like that that gets brought up in Pittsburgh soccer wise, and it grows the game, or like you said, sometimes people don't develop until they're maybe 20 and it takes them a little bit physically and with the ball at their feet. So I think that's great. I love hearing that.
0: All right. So I appreciate your time today, uh, Nikki. So you're, you know, as far as I'm concerned, You know, as a Pittsburgh soccer ambassador, I mean, you're right up there. You know, I put you right up there with any of the, you know, we got Robbie Mertz out there right now. You know, you've got some other guys that are starting to end gals that are, you know, breaking through and and doing some great things. Obviously, Megan Klingenberg um, and a few other players and uh, and the women's game, too. I mean, I think it's really growing here. And I who knows, we, we have a uh, you know, number of players that are, are knocking on the door at very, very high levels um, from this region. Um, so as a, an ambassador of Pittsburgh soccer. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what, what does that mean to you? I, I just, I see you that that's when I see you, you're, you know, one of the elder statesmen for the hotspurs, you played for the riverhounds, you know, you've played collegiately in the NEC. So yeah, you, you, what, what can you do to help grow this great game and it's great game in this region?
1: No. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm really humbled by you saying that. I mean, I obviously soccer was like the first thing I pretty much was taught to love and just to like be able to give back to the community as well, kind of just soccer wise and also just helping people out, I think is great. But um, yeah, it's, it, it really is cool to see, how much it's grown. Seriously, I can't even put into words from when I was a youth player or even in college till now. It's it's crazy. And like you said, Robbie Mertz, great guy, great player. He's still out there doing his thing. Um, now, I'm really humbled by you saying that. And I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I kind of lost for words. But um,
0: well, I mean, so when you see you're you're there, you're and, and mommy and got, you know, the yeah. type of players that we've talked about this a few times, but a 17, 18, 19 year old. What type of advice are you giving young people like that?
1: Honestly, just try and get out as much as possible, get extra sessions in try and always be around the ball doing fitness as well. Just take it as your craft and, and love it and do as much as you can to get better. Try and play on the highest uh, level of teams you can and get the exposure. And, uh, I think Pittsburgh's doing that right now. And for these kids, I mean, you see on the women's side as well, you see kids going division one, division two, division three. I mean, there's so many college commits out there where I feel like back in the day, you wouldn't see that type of stuff coming out of Pittsburgh.
0: All right. Well, Nikki, I appreciate your time. As always, we'll be uh, pulling for you. uh, The Pittsburgh hotspurs again, taking on Cleveland in the NPSL playoffs. I guess it's the first round of the Midwest region. And yep. if you win, you'll win, you be advanced to the semifinal, I believe. So it could be a three, three you, to win the Midwest region. You'd have to win three matches.
1: Yep. Three matches to win Cleveland on Tuesday. And then if we win that possibly, I think either going to Minnesota or Michigan. So hopefully be Cleveland and yeah, nothing looking more, forward. Nothing wrong with some extra summer travel, right? Exactly. Exactly. The boys would love it too. I think we'd have a great time. So. I appreciate you having me on, John.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much for uh, joining me. And uh, again, good luck on Tuesday. And we'll, uh, we'll hopefully talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Nicky. Thank you.